Amen. Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. When you're hurting on the inside, there's only one that can help you. And what you turn to at that point shows what's in your heart. And whether you make a mistake or not, at least admit and acknowledge that uh, your heart is away from the Lord and you turn it back to him. Amen? That's how much God loves us. He wants our heart. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't want anything else. He wants you. He wants your heart. He loves you. All right. Um, kids dismissed downstairs to junior church. Oh. We have a couple, yeah, after they're dismissed. I want to uh, take this time. Um, a few weeks, or about a, maybe a couple months ago, uh, we announced, uh, I believe Justin and Courtney, the Brock family, is called to uh, ministry. Amen, they're minister here. But we know that um, as a church now that they are called out from us. Amen. And uh, they have a calling on them. And uh, they are at this time uh, candidating. Justin is candidating to be an assistant pastor at another church. Amen. Uh, so uh, just be in prayer for them. They went up there Wednesday night. They were here Wednesday. They went up there Wednesday night. And they will intermittently right now go up there on different Sundays uh, to uh, continue in that process. Amen. And as God sends from us uh, people, uh, whether it be on mission field or to another church and so forth, when handled right, what it does is unites the brethren, unites us with that church now. Amen? A church of like precious faith. What does that mean? Well, they're not preaching against Christ. They're preaching for him. Uh, they stand on the word of God, the King James Bible. Amen? And uh, of like precious faith. So uh, pray, pray for them. On another note, uh, we have Ted, Hal, and Bethany Peterman. Uh, they got engaged. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. They are, um, have a wedding date planned December 3rd. And uh, so be in prayer for them as they uh, are in preparation for that and conduct themselves um, as two Christian young people should, amen, uh, and be in prayer for them as they prepare for their wedding and continue um, as a future husband and wife, amen. We're praying for you, and you have the whole church uh, family here in support for you. So we have a wedding to prepare for, and uh, praise God for that, amen, amen. I believe that's all. I'm always missing something. After service, man, I should have said this. I should have said that. And, and, uh, but it is what it is. Amen. We're not robots. We, uh, we have a lot of errors, faults, and mistakes. But one good thing is that God's grace, it meets us where we're at right now. But if it's truly his grace... It doesn't leave you where you're at. It takes you with it and takes you to a higher plane. You say, well, I have God's grace on me. God's grace is with me. No, it's not God's grace if it left you where it's at. God's too good to leave you where it's at, where you're at. God takes you out of your situation, takes you out of your sin, takes you out of your uh, bad circumstances that is tearing you from him, and takes you with Christ to a higher plane, amen? That's God's grace. And you gotta find it in your time of need. As Noah found God's grace, and he was the only one at that time in the world that found God's grace. God's grace was always there, but we just gotta be wanting to find it. We gotta be wanting God. We gotta be wanting Christ. We gotta be wanting him. And we need to look to our heart to see why we aren't wanting God, why we aren't wanting the things of God, why aren't we wanting uh, to be closer to the Lord. If there's anything in your life right now 
uh, that may be taking the place of that, you got to be at least wanting for God to get rid of that for you. And God will. He will meet you where you're at today and won't leave you where you're at. He will take you with him. Amen. That's God's grace. The Bible says, as uh, sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. God's grace is more powerful uh, than any sin. Amen. Uh, we look at this world right now, and it is in a dire state of sin. Sin has come to the fullest, and I can't imagine it getting any more full. But I believe it will, just a little bit more, uh, as this world sin just abounds greater and greater. But God's grace may abound greater in your life, and may you find it on your behalf, on your children's behalf. I hear some parents say, uh, I don't, I'm, I feel very hesitant to bring in any children into this world. But if God's grace abounds with you, you won't be hesitant. Uh, for God's grace is greater than any sin around us. We must train up children in the way they should go. We must train up our kids and have them uh, born in a godly home and have them born in a godly atmosphere and have them raised uh, under the things of God and, and in the word of God. That's why God was able to bless Abraham, because he's seen that Abraham would not withhold God's word from his own children. He's seen how that Abraham would, and he entrusted in Abraham's possession the word of God and was able uh, to uh, hand Abraham the blessings of God because he knew, the Bible says, that he would pass them on from generation to generation. And may you be willing to do that, get a hold of God's grace and be willing to pass on to all the people around you and be a witness and testimony for the honor and grace of God. We need grace uh, in this, these last days. We need grace uh, and be willing, as God told Noah, to build an ark uh, for all people to get saved. But you know, if people started repenting at the preaching of Noah, yes, Noah was a preacher, as Second Peter says, uh, when Noah preached the word of God, a preacher of righteousness, uh, and people started turning back to God and, and, and getting saved, then God would have spared them. God would have turned his judgment. You say, well, God was very uh, different in the Old Testament. No, God was no different God. Uh, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We just see uh, a side of God that we don't want to believe. We just see a side of God that we don't want to choose. But God is a judging God. He is a consuming fire, the Bible says. And the lake of fire was created uh, for the devil and, angel, and his angels in terms of judgment. And those who fell with uh, the devil uh, would partake in that. And those who rebelled against God, uh, starting with Adam, he disobeyed God. And then from Adam came sin and death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. But those who received not the blood of the Lamb, those who received not Christ, I will partake in that judgment also for the wrath of God abideth on him. Uh, God was not different in the Old Testament. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's unchanging. He's almighty. Uh, he's the same God that we uh, serve, the true and living God today, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But God is a judging God. And God is also, though, a merciful God. And anyone who has a broken and contrite heart, anyone who turns back to God even in the last hour, God will not despise it. God will never say it's too late now. Unless it is uh, after death, then it will be too late. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. The day you pass from this life uh, to the next, you will stand before God. And at that time, it will be too late. Uh, then is judgment time. Now is the day of salvation, the Bible says, for tomorrow you die. You must receive Christ today if you're not saved. And you must receive the grace of God today if you have not got a hold of it. If you are letting sin reign in your mortal body, if you are letting sin drag you down today, you must get a hold of the grace of God that abounds greater. It is available to all men. It is available to everyone that is in this world. You say, well, how, how can people understand and how can people uh, get a hold of God's grace of, in, in different countries and maybe in the deep uh, Muslim countries and so forth? 
Listen, friend, the Holy Spirit of God, that's his ministry, and he works upon the hearts of all men. The Bible says, if Jesus be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. If you believe a devil can get a hold of anybody on this earth and any foreign land, you better believe more that the Holy Spirit of God, who is omniscient, omnipresent, all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere at once, will do his job and will be faithful at it and will draw all men unto the Lord Jesus Christ himself. For God loves them and God wants them to be saved. And God was not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We have a judging God, but he's not willing that anyone should be judged. He gave his own son to prove it. He shed his own blood on the cross uh, to give everyone the opportunity. One drop of blood, I believe, was powerful enough to wash away all sins from past, present, and future. But God didn't just spill one drop. God spilled all of the blood of God so that he proved his love for us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were once enemies, the Bible says, in our minds by wicked works. But while we were yet enemies, Christ died for the ungodly. Oh, he loves you so much. He loves you more than we can ever know. A love of God passeth our knowledge. It passeth our understanding. But if you can get a hold of God's grace and get a hold of the idea that God loves you, and you don't need to be a stranger in wonder anymore in this wicked, dying world. You don't need to be one who's wondering about uh, and, and hopeless and lost. No, you have found your true love. May you come to the cross and realize that there is only one who will not just be with you now, but be with you in the life to come. And that's Christ and Christ alone who loves you more than anything and proved it by giving himself. The Bible says in John 3, 16, the great verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And the Bible says, if you love him, you will also give yourself. You will also, if you love him, you will keep his commandments. The Bible says in Psalm 94, where we're going to be, Psalm 94 uh, this morning, Psalm 94 and verse 14, if you would uh, find it, stand with me, Psalm 94, verse 14, the Bible says, for the Lord will not cast off his people, the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. The Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Pray you bless this time now. Lord, may you grip our hearts up. Lord, we need it. There's no one in here, Lord, without sin. That's why we needed the Savior. But I pray, O oh God, that we would all see. Let the greatest amongst us now be the servant. And may he point everyone Lord, to the Lord Jesus Christ, may we all see, O oh God, that it is not us, but Christ that liveth in me. It is not our works, but the works of Christ on the cross. It is not our righteousness, but, Lord, the righteousness of Christ that he hath bestowed on us by faith, which was truly given to us by him and him alone. Lord, we can claim nothing but the cross this morning. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Bible says, for the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. Oh, an inheritance. What is an inheritance? An inheritance is uh, something that was passed on and given. Uh, something that was maybe uh, your parents had it and they left you an inheritance. It was obtained uh, and given over uh, because of maybe your work and because of uh, something that you've done or maybe because it was just in line for you to obtain it. But that's what an inheritance is. And we know what it, uh, an inheritance is. But God says, I will not cast off. I will not forsake. I will not turn away. Forsake means to abandon. Forsake means to quit on. God's never going to quit on you. God's never going to forsake you. God's never going to abandon you. God's never going to leave you. God's never going to uh, let you alone. Why? Because the Bible calls us his inheritance. You see, in the Bible, uh, you had the 12 tribes of Israel and the Levites. They were uh, priests that were dedicated for the Lord's service. The Levites were of Aaron and uh, the, the priesthood. And you had Moses, the prophet, and then Aaron, the priest. And from Aaron came all the priests. And they were special, set aside for God. And these people that were specially set aside for God, 
The Bible says they wouldn't receive any inheritance for their inheritance was God. Amen. Wouldn't it be nice to be satisfied with just having God? The Bible says that it is an, a, a great uh, something that you can obtain greatly is contentment and with godliness. Godliness with contentment is great gain. If you are here today and you are satisfied with God, uh, friend, you are you have obtained a great thing in your life. There's no greater thing you can obtain with by just obtaining God. Uh, having God by your side, I'm happy. Uh, having God and nothing else, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, you could take my house, you could take my car, you could take my job, but don't take my God. And God is someone you can never lose because he's never going to lose you. The moment you've received the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And no one shall be able to pluck you out of the Father's hands. Uh, not your enemies, not your sin, and not yourself. Amen. And the Bible says that even if your faith grows a little dim, he's never going to quench it. Even if your faith grows a little... Uh, Broken, He's never going to break it fully. For you are held and preserved by the Holy Spirit with promise. And no one can touch the salvation which was freely given to those who believed. We are saved by faith through grace and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And I cannot even boast right now. Uh, even if I tried to do my best and walk in all the ways of the Lord and live perfect from this day forward, I can boast but nothing in the cross of Christ because I need to remember that I was once in need of a Savior. And if I forget that, I am in dire trouble today. I was in need of a Savior then and I'm desperately in need of a Savior now. May you obtain God's grace, get a hold of God's grace, and don't let it go. The Bible says the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. The Bible says uh, not to grieve the Holy Spirit. How can we grieve the Holy Spirit of God? You see, if you got saved, when you what does salvation mean? Some people say, oh, I got saved when I stopped drinking alcohol. I got saved when I stopped doing drugs. And I got saved when I came to church. No, that's not salvation. Salvation is the moment you become born again. The salvation is the moment where you, as a person, receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. It is not a process over time. It is a sudden act. The moment you re uh, place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in him and him alone, it's not of works of righteousness which we have done, but by his mercy wherewith he saves us by the washing and regeneration of the Holy Ghost of God. The moment the Holy Ghost gets a hold of your heart and you see your need as a sinner in need of the Savior and you with your heart believe unto righteousness, not with your mind. Many people have a mental belief, but this does nothing for you. If it's never reached here, then you are not saved. You can believe it all you want up here, but the Bible says even the devils believe and tremble. But once it hits here and you are under conviction and you know that you need a Savior and you call on the Lord Jesus Christ uh, from your heart with your mouth, the Bible says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Sometimes it can hit here, but if you don't act on it, faith is never conceived. Why? Faith without works is dead. And God knows we need uh, something in our heart that, that needs to hit home. Why? Because God looks on the heart. He doesn't look on the outward appearance. And once it hits here and you say it with your mouth, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. And at that moment, he takes your sins and they are gone forever. And at that moment, you are made alive in Christ. And at that moment, the Holy Ghost of God enters in, in that little small space in your heart, which is called the throne of God. The Bible says in Revelation 3, chapter, uh, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, if any woman, if any girl, if any boy open the door, I will come in and will sup with him. And he with me. Oh, if your lonely soul today is resisting God, you will have no one to fellowship with. Oh, our souls, the Bible says, they wander about in a desert place, thirsty, thirsting for the living God. Your flesh and blood knows not God. It just knows sin. It knows the world. It knows the devil. It devises every evil way, every evil plan to go against God. Our hearts are desperately wicked. The Bible says, who can know it? But your soul knows its creator. The Bible says when, when God created Adam, 
He took the time out of the dust of the ground in our flesh, dust it shall go. Naked came I and naked shall I go. We cannot take anything in this world with us. Uh, but the Bible says he formed man out of the dust of the ground and he took Eve and formed from Adam's rib. But God breathed in their nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And that soul stands judged to this morning. That soul stands guilty before God. And that soul cries out, lonely, desperate for a creator. You can try to pretend all you want on the outside, but how is your soul this morning? Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. He wants you. He wants your soul. The Lord will never cast you off. The Lord will never forsake you. We got to remember that. We are stuck with God. When you got saved, you're stuck with God. If you're not saved, you're stuck with God's judgment. Judgment is appointed unto you. The Bible says you don't have to deal with him now. You will deal with him later. But God warns you every step of the way. He wishes not that one person goes to hell. The Bible says that people ask me, why does God allow bad things to happen, good people? And why does everything right happen to bad people? And the bad people, they get to live so long. And the Bible says that God delighteth not in the death of the wicked. He doesn't want to see one wicked person die. He wishes every day that they will get saved. He wishes every day he, he would have them live a thousand years. A thousand years to see them hopefully return, repent, and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Oh, but the righteous, the Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. When one of his own children uh, passes away, maybe at a young age and they were saved, and maybe at a middle age or at an older age, oh, that God himself meets him in the gates of glory and says, well done, welcome, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter! into the joy of the Lord, prepared, prepared for you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there ye may be also. God doesn't forsake us. Oh, he won't forsake us at all. He will never forsake you. If you have trouble this morning, you've got to remember how good God is. He will never forsake his inheritance. What's his inheritance? His inheritance is you. Oh, we look and fight after the things of this life and the things of this money. The Bible says the priest of Aaron, their inheritance was God, and they can never lose God. But how many of us will give up God to get a better job and give up God to get something in this world and give up God to sin and give up God to chase after everything else? We'll give God up immediately, but God will never give you up. You're his inheritance. And he's faithful and he looks after his inheritance. He doesn't allow the weeds uh, to grow up and uh, bust through the house. And he doesn't allow uh, the paint to start peeling. He maintains and he um, diligently looks after each one of us and carefully tends as a good, loving father. And when we need it, he provides. And when we uh, are hurting, he comforts. And uh, whether we receive it or not, as the Bible says, Jacob, he refused to be comforted. And when he thought that Joseph was dead and when he uh, when we're when we're hurting, he he the Bible says he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And the Bible says that uh, if we would just look to him, we would be able to see all uh, that God is doing for us. We, we're not going to live this life empty because he says, I will sup with you and you with me. A fellowship how he originally created Adam and Eve to have fellowship with them. God wants to do that with you today. Would your heart receive God? Or would you be like uh, when Jesus came and there was no room for him in the inn? Will your heart receive Christ today? Uh, if you are saved, will your heart receive the things of God? Or are they too uh, toiled up with weeds and, and the things of this life? Or is your heart stony or is your heart thorny? You, the Bible says that needs to be good ground. That God can plant something good there and you can go away and leave and it abounds greater and greater and more and more of fruit, fruits to everlasting life. Forsake means to abandon, to quit on. God will never quit on you. We have a reason, we have a cause not to quit on God. If you would turn to uh, Exodus chapter 20. 
Exodus chapter 20, the Bible says, this is when uh, the children of Israel, they went into the wilderness and God delivered them with an outstretched arm by way of the blood on the door. That was the final plague. And that was the last thing that God wanted to show Egypt. Judgment came and God delivered after that blood was on the door and the death angel passed by and make sure you have the blood of Christ on the heart of your door today. You know, it didn't matter who was inside the house. You said, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know who I am. God knows who you are. As long as you're in that house and the blood is on the door of your heart, death will pass over. Judgment passes over by the blood of the lamb. Victory came by way of the blood of the lamb. Satan is powerless by the blood of the lamb. This world will be judged by the blood of the lamb. We are redeemed by the blood of the lamb. It's all about that blood. The blood that was on the door of the heart is the same judgment they, this world will face because of that blood. But because of that blood, I don't have judgment. And because of that blood, they will have judgment. The wrath of God abideth on them. It's all about you receiving Christ. That makes a difference. It's not the type of person you are. It's about the type of God he is. He's a merciful God. He's a God of grace. He's a God of comfort. And he's a God of love. Exodus chapter 20. Here we have the Ten Commandments in verse 1. The Bible says, And God spake all the words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. If you are uh, saved today, sometimes you might miss Egypt. But you got to remember it was bondage. It was a life of bondage. And it may uh, have some attractions to it. The Bible says that they were missing uh, the garlic and they were missing the aroma and they were missing uh, the, what they thought was good times. But included with that was the bondage. But Christ has set us free. And as God's people, we need to get uh, new desires. The Bible says that God will give us the desires of our heart. And when you turn your heart to God, he will give you the right desires. He will give you a desire today uh, to be in church. You might not desire to be here. It's because your heart doesn't desire God. But when your heart desires God, uh, you, wanna, you would want to be every place where God is at. Uh, if your heart desires God, you would want to do everything that God wants you to do. If your heart desires God, you're not going to desire the things of this life and the desire the things of this world and desire yourself. You want to desire him. And let me remind you that he desires you. And that is unchanging. He will never forsake you. You are his inheritance. Verse 3 says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. This is the Ten Commandments here. Do you know them? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. A god is anything you place before God. What becomes more important to you uh, over God. What takes the place of God in your life. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Uh, the second one is thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath. It amazes me how uh, some of these uh, religious organizations or churches are fill their churches with graven images. It's the second commandment, thou shalt have no other graven image, no graven images of things in heaven, things of people and, 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 and worshiping statues and so forth. Uh, thou shalt have no graven image. That's the second commandment. The third commandment, verse 7, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. It amazes me when I hear Christians say, uh, take God's name in vain uh, as if it's not a powerful name. Let me say this. Hell shakes at the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, devils bow at the name of Jesus. And my sin is gone at the name of Jesus. And my heart is comforted at the name of Jesus. And there is power in the name of Jesus. And if somebody can say the name of Jesus in vain, uh, I wonder about that person. If you could just say, oh, my God, and, and not have any significance to the work of God, I wonder about you sometimes. Uh, that is the same guiltiness. The Bible says if you break one of these commandments, you're guilty of all. Number four is number eight. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now, we went over this, the Sabbath day and the Lord's day uh, in, in the New Testament and so forth. If we're going to recap that another day. Uh, but there's a day that you need to give to God. And especially in your heart, you got to give it to God. Let's do uh, number five. 
Verse 12, honor thy father and thy mother. Kids, honor thy father and thy mother. Adults, honor thy father and thy mother. This is not for children. This is for all of us to honor our father and mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. You say, my parents are, are they're dead and gone. You still need to honor them. Honor them. You can still honor them when they're not here. That's what honoring is. You say, I don't want to honor them. They were terrible parents. You honor them. Why? Because God says it. And if you, don't, if you don't do your part as a child, then God will definitely make sure that God's word always remains true. He will show you. Verse 13, thou shalt not kill. You don't honor your father and mother. The Bible says you're, you're guilty of verse uh, number six. Thou shalt not kill. It's the, same, it's the same law, same commandments. You break one, you're guilty of all. Thou shalt not commit adultery, verse 7. Number 8, thou shalt not steal, verse 15. Number 9, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, verse 9. Or, uh, number 9, verse 16. Verse 17, the last one, verse 10, or number 10. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, his manservants, maidservants, ox, ass, anything that is thy neighbor's. God ordained these Ten Commandments, which was written in the courthouses of America. Uh, and I heard even judges and lawyers say uh, that our house we, we have now that we possess, that a judge used to live there. And I heard a judge say, they, they said if the Ten Commandments sums up all of the court trials, every reason why people are in court, the Ten Commandments would fix. Whether it was uh, a murder, uh, stealing, whether it was jealousy, Every act of man is summed up right here. God did not give the, uh, these commandments for him. He gave it for us to keep ourselves in the way that we should go, to look diligently to our ways for the sake of ourselves, for the sake of God's name, and for the sake of our children. We need to turn, the Bible says, turn our hearts to God. Verse 18, all the people saw the thunderings and lightnings and the noise of the trumpet. This is chapter 20 of Exodus, verse 18. And the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. These people, the Bible says they were uh, filled with murmuring, and they were filled with complaining, and they were filled uh, with every other way but a heart that would was sensitive to God. And God, the, the people said that, uh, Moses, don't let God speak to us. You speak with us. We can't bear the judgment of God upon us. We can't bear these things. We need a mediator. We need one man to speak to us. We can't bear with God. Thank God we have a mediator now. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ came down, God himself in the flesh. The Bible says, great mystery is this. God was manifest in the flesh. And the, Lord, and the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Jesus said, me and my Father are one. I am in my Father and the Father in me. They were about to stone him. And Jesus, when Jesus said, before Abraham was, he said, I am. He proclaimed all glory of heaven and earth within his body at that time. He said, I am the great I am. As God told Moses to speak unto Pharaoh, and he said, tell him, I am have sent thee. And this, my name Shall, I shall be known as this forever, the great I am. And Jesus proclaimed himself as the great I am. He also proclaimed himself as the door. He also proclaimed himself as the way. He also proclaimed himself as the truth. And he also proclaimed himself as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. But that lamb has uh, raised uh, incorruptible. And the Bible says he sits at the right hand of the Father as King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. And he speaks for you today on your behalf. He will never forsake you. He is always there. You don't have to worry about the judgment of God. You don't have to see the thunderings and who God did, uh, the God who created hell for the devil and his angels and God who judges sin and, the, and all the mistakes you made. You don't have to worry about that any longer. You need to get under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb, and be washed fully 
spotless clean. We're going to close with this, Psalm 96. Psalm 96, the Bible says in verse 5, For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. The Bible says that there is nothing made that was made without the Lord Jesus Christ. In him, by him all things consist. Amen. And he is the head of all principalities and powers. Amen. And he is also the head of this church, uh, the firstborn. Amen. Uh, and that's the God we serve, the Lord Jesus Christ, who made the heavens. Verse 6, honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Uh, don't give God your seconds. Don't give God your thirds. Don't give God your last. Give him your best, because that's all he'll receive. He will not receive a lamb that has spots and had a broken leg before. No, the Bible says that he would only receive a lamb, a tender lamb, spotless uh, and, and pure. And God had called us. The Bible says to be a holy people with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his. Amen. And he has given us the ability now to walk as we should. Take that yoke upon you. And the Bible says you will find rest unto your soul. If you feel heavy laden today, if you feel burdened, if you feel weighed down, you need to take the yoke of Christ upon you. Uh, it is light and easy to bear. And I promise you, you'll find a rest unto your soul, a peace that passeth understanding. You don't have to live depressed. You don't have to live anxious anymore. You don't need the world's medications and the world's alcohol and the world's substance and the world's methods. You need the blood of the Lamb that takes you and will use you and give you a purpose once again. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give him the glory and give him your strength. Verse 8, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. He is worthy. He is worthy. And he is worthy for us to be called as Christians. He is worthy for us to walk as he wants us to walk and do what he wants us to do. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Verse 9, oh, worship the Lord in beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Let me say this to you girls. Girls, you don't have to worry about the outward appearance because God works on the heart. The Bible says uh, that in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, let it not be the outward adorning of plaiting of the hair or wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. Uh, don't worry about all those outward things. They're not going to make you beautiful. One day you, the beauty you seek will wear away. And then what will you be left with? But the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, a great price. And the Bible says, out of the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. If you spend time with God, girls, uh, you will glow uh, and have a beautiful glow about you, a godly glow. Oh, I've seen uh, ladies get saved and they uh, start walking with the Lord, and there's a beauty that is not of this earth anymore. Let me say this. If you look for this beauty that's of this earth, uh, you'll miss out the, the beauty in heaven. Uh, the heavenly beauty is far greater than what we can ever set eyes on here. And may you girls get a touch of that beauty from the gates of glory by spending time in prayer, from obeying the Lord and doing what he'd have you do. And you'll walk around this earth more beautiful than any uh, girl in a magazine and any girl in an ad and any girl who uh, flaunts themselves in this world as proclaiming the beauty of, of God. No, that's not the beauty of God. God puts a beauty in your heart and let it work from inward outward. And there is nothing that this world can touch. And they can't take away that beauty. Don't look at that beauty as something. That beauty is vain. Vain, vain, vain for man's eyes. Don't please man's eyes. Please God's eyes. And when you please God's eyes, God will even make your enemies be at peace with you. He will make your enemies bow down to you as you proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. He will make your enemies and set a table before them in the presence of your enemies and lead you beside the still waters. Oh, how many of our girls deal with so much depression and anxiety and all that stuff when you have a God who comforts a soul? How can this be? They don't match up. 
There's something off today in God's people. Men, we need a strength again in our backbones. We need a strength. We don't need to worry about what this world has to offer us and worry about the sin abounding and worry about trying to fill ourselves with the things of this life. We need to fill ourselves with the Spirit of God. As Ephesians says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. May you get a hold of God once again. May you get a hold of God's love and mercy and strength. In the beauty of holiness, fear before him all the earth. Verse 10, say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. We need to say that, the Bible says. Uh, we don't need to play politics. God reigns. Who, who am I voting for? I'm voting for Jesus. Amen. Who am I? What sports team am I rooting for? I'm rooting for Jesus's team. Listen, that's how I live. And that's what I want. Amen. And let the world uh, go to hell. But let me try to save one at a time, if possible. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Verse 11, let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. God is given the ability now to have peace on this earth, and there is no peace outside the Lord Jesus Christ. Without Christ, there is only going to be judgment. Peace was on that ark in Noah's day. God delivered Lot. From Sodom, they had peace and comfort when the angel said, not one ball of fire will come down unless we get you out. There's peace knowing that there's no judgment on me any longer. I'm delivered from the wrath to come. If you have Christ, you're delivered. And this world can be delivered also if they have Christ. Verse 12, let the field be joy joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice. Verse 13, before the Lord, for he cometh. The Lord cometh, verse 13, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. With righteousness and with truth. What's truth is the word of God. A sword coming out of his mouth, the Bible says. He shall judge the world with this book right here, the very book we hold in our hands. May you hold it as your sword. Oh, the world and the devil, they put out many devices, but we have the sword of God. We have the word of God, and he judges in righteousness. Righteousness comes not by works, but by faith. May all God's people live and walk in faith today. May you keep the faith, and may you uh, rejoice in that Jesus has saved your soul and that he will never forsake his inheritance. He will never cast you aside. He will never let you go. You have a cause today to live righteously. You have a cause today to rise up and do something great for God. If you messed up in the past, today, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation, the Bible says, when they tempted the Lord in the wilderness. Today, uh, may you rise up and ask God for forgiveness of sins. As David said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Maybe the joy is gone because of your sin today, but it can come back the moment your heart turns to Christ. What are you scared of? What are you full of fear of? That people will reject you around, uh, people will, around you will reject you? No, they may get saved. They may hear the word of God. They may see a change in you. The day this preacher, when I was in college, I was a secular college, I got my heart right with the Lord. Uh, it took a lot to do that. I had to turn my life around 180 degrees and get out of where I was at and get away from who I was with. But in the process of all that, I had some dear friends get saved. I had dear friends receive the Lord Jesus Christ because they said these very words, it's impossible for somebody to turn around like this. I see the hand of God. Yes. A friend of mine, dear friend of mine, he was a staunch atheist, said, I would never believe in God. I believe in all the science. I believe it. science is not, true science is studying God's creation. That's what science is. The science of this world is let's see, we can study things as if there's no God. That's not science. But he was getting into all that. 
But once he saw a change in me that was not of me, it's not of my works, it was of the Spirit of God, he said, this is impossible. A friend of mine like this can change from an apple to an orange. It's impossible, but it's possible with God. May you surprise your spouse. May you surprise your loved ones. Let the change be in you. Change for God. Allow him to do it for you. Turn to God with all your heart. Turn from idols. Turn from sin. And God will use you in a great way. If you're here and you're not saved, there's a wrath that's on you and you will have no peace. You say, I don't believe in God. Your soul does. I'm not going to look at anybody, but I'm speaking to you. Your soul believes in God. You don't have to convince me that you don't believe in God. You have to convince your soul that you don't believe in God. Because it's your own soul that judges you. It doesn't know what to do with the sin. It doesn't know what to do with the coming fire of hell that awaits it. Your body will be left here and in dust it shall go, but your soul will live on. And the Bible says if it has not Christ, it will burn forever and ever and ever. That soul is dreading the day that it leaves that body and will forever be in the lake of fire which burneth forever. Oh, may you listen deep down inside to what crieth out for the living God and may you receive that blood atonement today. Don't let it go there. Don't let yourself go to the lake which burneth forever and ever. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The same blood that was on the doors will be on the door of your heart. And anything that's inside and everything will be safe. Let's all bow our heads in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you in this hour. As the piano plays, Shalisha, you could play. Lord, I believe here in the midst of us, we have some people that are not saved. Lord, I was once there. There was a time where I wasn't saved. Nobody's born saved. We have to make the decision. Maybe you're here today and you've never received Christ. Why take another step? What's the purpose? Today, let it be today that you get saved. Would you raise your hand? If you're not saved, say, Pastor, just pray for me. Maybe you're here and you're not saved. Would you raise your hand? Don't let your flesh hold you back. That soul inside is crying out. You feel it. Raise your hand. Don't let your flesh hold you. Soul, listen to me. Raise that hand. Cry out for God, for the living God, and receive Christ. Let's all stand. If God spoke to your heart, I'm tired of letting this body control me. Paul says, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Maybe you're here today and you need to do some soul searching. The Bible says in Psalm 23 that he will restore your soul. He will restore it. He will make it new. Restoration. You're here this morning. You let the world beat you up too much. Stop listening. You let your own flesh beat you up. Stop listening. Get a new voice. Get the voice of God. Let him comfort you. Receive that comfort. Maybe you got things in the past haunting you. You need to allow yourself to be comforted by God. Your heart is turning away God and you don't even know it. You say, why am I struggling? Why am I going through these problems? Turn your heart to God. Take control of yourself and give it to God. Your flesh is deceitful. Your heart's deceitful. And it deceives you. And we reap the fruits of it. If you see some bad things in your life, that's not from God. God only plants good things. For God is good. If you see bad things in your life, that's because of your heart. God will even take a good or a bad situation and use it for good. 
Only God can do that. Maybe you have things to give up and surrender that are taking you away from your walk with the Lord. Give it up. You will gain everything. And may we all be like John the Baptist. When the angel came, Zechariah, he said, he shall turn many unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Many. I see people in here that you're going to do that. You're going to turn many unto the Lord. It starts the second you walk out those doors. The greatest of all miracles was when my Jesus saved me. Yes, I know what Jesus did for me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for saving us. Father, I pray everybody in here is saved. Why take another step? There's no purpose. Lord, if we're not saved, we might as well eat, drink, and die. But Lord, if we are saved, we have a reason now to live, a purpose, to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, to live for the God that saved us. If we love you, we will walk with you. We will live right. And although sometimes we miss Egypt and we start lusting again, we know, Lord, you will never forsake us or cast us off. God, your grace never leaves us where we're at. It finds us where we're at, but it takes us with you. Lord, take us up to the mountain to spend some time with you. Take us out of our despair and out of our situation and take us to a higher plane. Lead us to the rock that is higher than I. Hide us in the cliff of the rock, Lord, and cover us with your wings. Lord, I pray you bless this week. Help us to be as lights burning. Lord, I pray that we'll be able to reach uh, some children this week and bring them out for church next Sunday, Harvest Sunday. I pray, oh God, protect us from the evil one. In the name of Jesus, we ask and pray these things. All God's people said, amen. 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 God bless you. Be diligent uh, with preparing for Harvest Sunday next week. Amen. Uh, if If you're doing trunk or treat, be diligent with that. And if you, if you, everyone could participate in a trunk or treat, just, uh, all you're going to do is load up your trunk with a bunch of candy and, and stuff. Amen. Amen. Uh, remember a chili cook-off and, uh, God bless you. And get out those cards, invite people out, invite kids out, pick them up, drive them here, get them here.